Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Summit Church Fenton Online. I'm so glad you've joined me today and I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you. I've been conducting a series on the subject of prayer. I've been on it now for several weeks and if you've missed any of the previous sessions, I would like to encourage you to go back into our archives and catch up on anything you've missed. Now, uh, I like to review, but I'm just not going to do very much of it at all here today uh, because it, everything I said the last couple of sessions, it's available to you in the archives. And so uh, I'd like to invite you to go, go there, catch up on anything you missed, and to get the most out of what I'm going to say now and moving forward, it would have been best for you to have heard what I said in the last couple of weeks. So with that being said, I do want to say this. You must know that when you pray, it's possible to be an effective prayer. And if you can be an effective prayer, then it's possible to be ineffective. And the purpose of this entire series is to, to help develop you into becoming an effective prayer. Okay. And, and so, uh, to be an effective prayer, you need to realize that there are, there are different biblical rules that govern the different kinds of prayer. And again, go back into our archives, particularly the last two sessions, and it will be, it'll be very helpful to you to listen to those two sessions if you missed them before we move on here today. But there are different biblical rules that govern the different kinds of prayer. And, and there, remember, there are seven, different kinds of prayer that, that I have been able to note. There's the prayer of agreement. Also, you could call that united or corporate prayer. There's when you're praying for yourself, which, you know, you could call that the prayer of petition or supplication. There's the prayer of intercession where you're praying for others. And then there's uh, what's known as the prayer of thanksgiving or worship. There's the prayer of commitment uh, dedication or consecration. Three words mean basically the same thing. There's praying in the spirit or in other tongues. And then there's the prayer of faith, or we could call that de the declaration of faith. So seven kinds of prayer I've mentioned to you, mentioned these to you over the last couple of weeks. And remember, there's different uh, rules that govern these different kinds of prayer. There's John 16 prayers that are directed to the Father in the name of Jesus. And then there's the John 14 prayer, if you want to call it a prayer, but it's really, it's where the, the prayer of faith or the declaration of faith falls in where, where you're addressing the problem in the name of Jesus. So again, the John 16 prayers, which are basically all six of these except the, the, the prayer of faith. John 16 prayers are directed at the Father in the name of Jesus. Whereas... Whereas this prayer of faith or declaration of faith, it's, it's, it's a John 14 prayer. It's directed at the problem in the name of Jesus. And I covered this one extensively in the last session, this, this prayer of faith, or uh, it probably would be better put a, a, as a declaration of faith because it's not addressed at the Father, but it's rather addressed at the problem in the name of Jesus. So again, you know, I just can't tell you how important it is to go back into the archives, listen to the last two sessions. If you missed those, be, be very helpful to you. If you missed last week, last week I talked extensively about the prayer of faith, okay? 
and gave some ex- Bible examples of, of the prayer or the declaration of faith and then how that has worked in, in my life and ministry. And so if you miss that again, go back and get that. But I just, if I, if I review all the time, we'll never, we'll be, we'll be here forever just about talking about these things. So, hey, we live in a wonderful day. You could go back into the archives, get what you missed. That way I don't have to keep reviewing. It's there for you. We can, make progress and move on. So with that being said, let's pick up with a new material here today. Again, last week covered the prayer of the declaration of faith. So the new material uh, today, let's let's pick up with, uh, and I'm not covering these prayers in the order I gave them to you in, but I want to pick up today with the prayer of uh, what would be known as the prayer of petition or supplication. Essentially what it is, is just praying for yourself. What well, you're praying for yourself. And there's nothing wrong about praying for yourself. Okay. <laughs> as, as we'll see, uh, it's totally fine. I, the only problem you run into when you start praying for yourself is when you're just praying with wrong motives and trying to get things out of God to heap upon your own lusts or desires. Remember, we covered that in a previous session that if we're praying to God just to get things to heap upon our own, our own desires, just, just our own carnal, fleshly, you know, you know, Lord, gimme, gimme, gimme. So I'll just have a lot of money to do whatever I want type of thing. If that's the motive, then we're going to be praying amiss. We're going to be ineffective prayers. Again, the goal of this series is to make you an effective prayer to, to cause you to not pray amiss, but to pray effectively. And by the way, if you're going to be an effective prayer, you're going to have to, as I've said, you're going to have to pray in line with the word of God. But but this, this, let me say this because I want to emphasize this again. Nothing wrong with praying for yourself as long as your motives are right. But if you're praying for yourself selfishly just to get things so you can have things to go do your own thing, whatever that is, then, then the Bible was clear that we're asked over in the book of James. It says that we ask amiss when we pray to God just to heap things upon our own, our own carnal fleshly desires. Okay. So with that being said, though, as long as we're not doing that, but it's fine to pray for yourself. It, it absolutely. So, so the prayer of petition or supplication would be a prayer that you're making on behalf of yourself. And again, the word petition, supplication, it, 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 those two words basically, they mean the same thing. Bas- basically, and so when you're praying the prayer, a prayer for yourself, you know, if you want to technically be praying a prayer of petition or supplication, uh, when you're praying for others, it's known as a prayer of intercession. But with that being said, let's talk a little bit about praying for ourselves. I'll talk about intercession in a future, uh, 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 future uh, 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 teaching here down the road. But let's go to Mark. Um, let's go to Mark. 11. Well, actually, before we do that, I, I, I just, we need to do this. Just hold that right there. I, I need to give this to you. John 15, verse 7. I've said this in a previous session, but I didn't give you the scripture, and it's, it's so important. What I said to you in a previous session was that if you want to get results when you pray, you have to pray in line with the word of God. Now, look at John 15, verse 7. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. So you see, that is such an important thing to know when you pray is you have to pray in line with the word of God. And what, what he's saying there is if, if we abide in him and his word is abiding in us, 
So if you're spending time in the Bible, you're spending time in the Word of God, and that Word of God is getting on the inside of you, and you're abiding in Him, and He's abiding in you, and, 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 and you know, you, basically what happens there is your will gets in line with His will, with, with the Lord's will, you see. And I tell you what, when you get in that spot, in that position, then when, when you begin to pray and ask God for things, whatever those things might be, your will's lined up with his, so you're asking him to do things that's in line with his will. And I tell you what, when you get into that place, you see you're praying in line with the word of God. I tell you what, you'll be very effective in your prayers. And again, the the, the goal of this series is to make you an effective prayer. And one way... <laughs> The main way to do that is you have to pray in line with the Word of God. And to pray in line with the Word of God, you have to know the Word of God. So you have to get in the Word of God, abide in the Word, abide in Jesus, let Him abide in you, and so forth. And then He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you desire and it'll be done for you. So got to pray in line with the Word of God. So one form of prayer, again, last week we talked, we, we, we of the seven kinds of prayer I gave you, the first one that we covered was the prayer of faith, did that last week, go back in the archives, listen to that if you missed it, but now today, I want to talk about the, the second, the second one in the list that we're going to cover, and again, I'm not covering them in the order I gave them to you in, <laughs> I guess I should have done it that way, but anyway, but uh, be that as it may, we're going to talk about the prayer of, of, of praying for yourself. The prayer of praying for yourself would be technically, I guess, called the prayer of supplication or petition. Now go to Mark eleven twenty four, 24. And uh, Jesus said, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. Well, now he said, whatever things you ask. Now again, this is assuming that your will, you're abiding in him, he's abiding in you, and your will is lined up with his will, so you're going to be asking in line with the word of God. And and this is such a key uh, uh, part of prayer. Again, I covered this verse, Mark eleven twenty four, in a previous session. But listen to this. He said, whatever things you ask, and these are whatever things you ask in line with the word of God, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. So if you go before God and you have a petition or a supplication, petition, supplication basically means the same thing. You're praying for yourself. You go before the Father and, and you ask Him for whatever you're believing, whatever you're asking Him for, whatever that is. Okay, whatever that is in your life. It's in line with His Word. You go before Him, you say, Father, and then, and then you make that request. You ask him for whatever you're at, whatever it is. Okay, whatever it is. And then you, you go before the Father. You, 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 you pray on behalf of yourself. You ask God to grant you whatever it is that, 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 that you desire. It's in line with the word of God. And you do it in the name of Jesus. And here's the thing. Brought this out before, but it bears repetition. All prayer has to be done in faith. And this is all about, this verse is all about faith. Now notice what it says here, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So go before the Father with your petition or your supplication, whatever it is, whatever you're believing Him for, and ask Him for it in Jesus' name. And right when you ask Him, believe right then, believe right then that you've received it. Right then. Now I made a big deal about this last last time 
uh, are in a previous session, but, but it bears repetition, as I've said. You have to believe you receive when you pray. You have to do that. If you're going to be an effective prayer, if you're going to get results, and, and this verse really applies to all these different kinds of prayer, <laughs> you know, whenever you make a declaration of faith or whenever you go before the Father in the name of Jesus, you have to, at that moment, when you, when you make that prayer, right then you have to believe you receive the thing you're praying for right then. And then you eventually will see it manifest in the natural realm. And that's where so many people miss it. I just can't say it enough. That's where so many people miss it. They think that, you know, they'll go, they'll ask God for something, and then, and then it never shows up, and, and you get right down to it, and you talk to them. They, 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 see, when you get right down to it, they don't believe they have it until it shows up on their front doorstep. And they wonder why what they're believing God for, what they're praying for, never, never manifests, never happens. Because they don't understand this, this rule here. This rule of praying is that when you pray, when you pray, you have to believe at that moment that you receive the thing that you're praying for right then. So if I, if I go, go before God and I ask him for something, for, and now we're talking about praying for ourselves, and I ask him for something for my life that I need, okay, or that I want, as long as it's line, in line with his word of God, in line with the word of God, I believe right then that I have it. And then, and then you start talking to people and you start talking about that thing that you're believing God for. You've got, you, you, you have it. And they'll say, well, where is it? And I say, well, I have it. And they say, well, where is it? See, because most people, that's, that's why they're so ineffective in their praying is they'll ask God for something, but they, they don't believe they receive it until it manifests in their life. It never manifests. They're ineffective in their praying. They wonder why God's not answering their prayers. It's because when they prayed, in many cases, it's because when they prayed, they didn't believe at that moment that they had the thing that they were asking God for. It's all about faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. It just, it's, it's the way God set it up. And if you want to receive from God, you're going to have to, when you pray, you have to believe you receive that thing you're praying for right then. And, and, and then you go on down the road. People will think you're crazy because, again, the world is, 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 is it, the way the world functions is that, you know, you know, it, 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 that when, when whatever it is you're believing God for, when it shows up, the world will say, well, when that thing shows up, that's when you believe you receive it. No, it, I, I just, I just can't, I can't, I've been doing this a long time and I just have had trouble getting this through to people because people are trained from the time they're little kids that you don't have something until you can actually touch it, see it. But that's not how God operates. It's not how the spirit realm operates, dear friends. And if you want to be effective in your praying, I'm just telling you, when you pray, and now we're talking about again praying for yourself when you believe in God for certain things. You want, you know, you're, you, you go before Him, you go before the Father in the name of Jesus. See, this is this is this is a John sixteen kind of a prayer here that we're talking about. This prayer of supplication or petition. You're talking to the heavenly Father. Be sure you're you're addressing your prayer to the heavenly Father in the name of Jesus. And at the moment that you ask Him, and when you say Amen, you believe you receive it right then, and it's done. 
And if you'll do that, it may be, it may be a minute, it may be a week, a year, two years, I don't know how long, but eventually the thing you're believing him for will show up in your life. Now that's hard for people to get because again, they're trained from the time they're a little kid that, you know, you don't have the piece of paper until you're holding it in your hand, you can see it. That's not how the spirit realm operates. I've already said it. I'll say it again. And you're going to have to get in line with the way God does things. You have to abide in him and let his word abide in you and be a person of faith and do what he said and follow the rules. When you pray, believe, I'll read it again. Whatever things you desire, when you pray, right then believe that you receive them. And then at a future time, you'll have them. I don't know how else I've been over this with you again and again, but I want you to get it. Okay. Can you say amen to that? Come on. Now you have to be able to understand that and get that or, you, or you're never going to amount to a hill of beans in, in, in your prayer life. Okay? Now with that being said, let's go to Philippians 4.6. He says, be anxious. This is the Apostle Paul writing under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost says to us here in Philippians 4.6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication... With thanksgiving, and we're going to talk about the prayer of thanksgiving uh, down the road, uh, and, and I'll spend a whole session on it, I think. So let's just let's just move on here. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, and I do need to say this to you, that these different kinds of prayer, they often overlap. They often overlap. You need to, if you're taking notes, you need to realize that. They often overlap and work in conjunction with one another. And sometimes you can be doing two or three of them all at the same time. It's very important and it'll bear itself out as we go. You need to understand that. Now, I haven't said much about that yet, but, but I'll say it right here and you'll see it all through the rest of this series that a lot of times these different kinds of prayer, they'll, 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 they'll intermingle with one another, overlap with one another. And you can be praying, you know, doing two or three of them kind of at the same time. You'll see that as we go. But he says, uh, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So here, you know, a person is making a supplication or a petition, a supplication, a request of the Lord. And again, we're talking now about praying for yourself. And, uh, and again, to get this thing to work, you can't, you can't be a person of worry. If you've got worry or anxiety in your life, it's going to hinder your prayer life. Because if you're in worry and anxiety, you're not in faith. I've learned this much. You can't be in worry and in faith at the same time. And if you've got a bunch of worry and anxiety in your life, it's going to hinder your prayer life. Anyway, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests, see this is your requests. And the implication here would be, you're, we're talking now about praying for yourself. Let your request be made known to God. Now, again, this could, this could be maybe you have a request on behalf of somebody else. That'd be intercession. We'll get to that in a future session. But right here, let your request be made known unto God. Again, you have not because you ask not, the Bible says. So let your request be made known unto God. But when you let them be made known unto God, be sure you're praying to the Father in the name of Jesus. Okay, and be sure that when you make request of him, that at the time you're making that request, you believe you receive and you will eventually have the request that you're making. They'll be granted. Look at look at look at first John five fourteen. 
Now, we're talking about praying for yourself here. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now, there it is again. See, we have to be praying according to his will. <laughs> you know, if we're not praying according to his will, I, I mean, it's clear to me, if we're not praying according to his will, he's not even, he's, he's not going to pay any attention to the, to that, to prayer that's not in line with his will. So we have to abide in him. He abides in us. His word is in us. Our will becomes his will. Then when we pray, we're praying in line with his, with his word, with his will. And, uh, and if we'll do that, if we ask anything in line with his word, he hears us. Isn't that good to know that? And if we know he hears us, now watch this, verse 15, whatever we ask, whatever we ask in line with his will, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. And so I'm setting these verses in the, in, 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 in the context of praying for yourself. And it, it, when you, it's totally fine to do that. See, a lot of people, they think, well, maybe I should never even pray for myself. Maybe I just ought to pray for others. It'd be, it'd be kind of selfish to pray for myself. No, no, no. We, you need to pray for yourself as well as pray for others. Absolutely. And I'll give you some examples of this in just a moment of where people in the Bible prayed for themselves. But, but it's important that you're praying in line with the word of God, with the right motive, and that when you pray, you believe that you receive the thing you're asking God for. When you pray, believe you receive and you will have. Okay. And uh, let your requests be made known to God in line with his will. Know that he'll hear you and and so forth. Okay. So just some good scriptures to know. But let, let's look at this. Let's, let's, let's just give some examples of where some people prayed for themselves. Look in the Old Testament. I, now, there's many examples I could give, but just for the sake of time, let's just, I, I pulled one out of the Old Testament that, that I think it, it'd be helpful. It's, it's, the, it's this man named Jabez, and uh, he was an honorable man, a very honorable, honorable man in the Old Testament. And go to 1 Chronicles chapter 4, 1 Chronicles chapter 4, Verse 9 says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. Okay, now watch this. Verse 10, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, We're talking about what, what would be known as the prayer of petition or supplication. You're praying on behalf of yourself. Now look at what Jabez did here. He called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. Now that's the prayer that he prayed to God. And it's clear he's praying for himself. Oh, let me read it again. He, he addresses this to God. He said, oh, that you would bless me. That you would bless me indeed. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with asking the Lord to bless you. You know, now I know. See here, see here we live under the new covenant. And, uh, 
A lot of people go around, Christians go around asking God to bless them, bless them, bless them. But they don't realize that once you're born again, the Bible says he's already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So, see, Jabez lived in the old covenant. We live in the new covenant. We wouldn't need to ask God to bless us because he already has. See, that's letting the word of God abide in you. If you know that, you don't have to ask God for something you already have. Now, is that right? Certainly it is. But Jabez lived under the old covenant and he asked God to bless him and enlarge my territory. You see, on first glance, you think, well, enlarge my territory. Well, is his motive right? Well, it's good to ask that question and examine that. And then he said that your hand would be with me. That's a good thing. He's praying this for himself. And that you would keep me from evil. That's a good thing. That I may not cause pain or that I may not hurt anyone. That's a good thing. And notice this, God granted him what he had requested. So God granted him what he'd requested. See, it was a request. It was a petition. It was a supplication on that Jabez made on behalf of himself. And God granted his request. So he must have been praying in line with the word of God. And, uh, and, and when he said, bless me, Apparently his motive was right. It wasn't just bless me so he could you know, be blessed, you know, just so that I'd have more, so, so that he would have more money or more influence or this or that. It, it must have been a, a, a noble and a right. He must have been doing it from a noble and a right heart. We know he was an honorable man. Now, it, you know, it, you know, we saw again in the book of James, you know, we have not because we ask not, we ask or receive not, but that we might heap it upon our own desires. See, uh, it, you know, if we're just asking God to bless us and give us stuff just for our own, like I said earlier, for our own desires, just for our own selfish pleasures, then we're praying amiss. But he wasn't praying amiss because God granted it. So he wanted uh, uh, to be blessed for the right reasons. God granted him the blessing. He wanted uh, his territory enlarged. You know, well, you know, like if you're asking God for a bigger house, why do you want a bigger house? Why do you want a bigger house? Now, maybe you're, 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 you know, you're a couple, you've been living in an apartment, you just had a child and you need a bigger place. You just need, I mean, that would be a good and right motive, wouldn't it? But I've already met people. They had nice, wonderful, beautiful homes, but it, but, but it, what they weren't quote unquote keeping up with the Joneses and they, they wanted, they asked God to give them a bigger house so they'd have more influence in the community. Now see, they're, they're praying amiss. Their motives are off. You see, I've, I've, I've watched ministers over the years that, you know, asking God to increase their ministry just so that they, you know, you know, have more influence and that they'd be more popular and, and, and so forth. And, and they didn't really care so much about winning souls. They just wanted to be popular and revered in the community or among their ministry friends. See, it's all about motive. When we, when we seek the Lord, we pray. It's all about motive. Our prayers are so important. Motive, so important. But you see, Jabez wanted to be blessed. He wanted his territory enlarged. He must have had a good and right motive. He was an honorable man and God granted it. So there's nothing wrong with asking for these things if we're, you know, for, for enlargement, if the motive is right. You know, there's nothing wrong with asking God for a larger ministry 
if it's to win souls and, and, and share the healing power of God with people, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you just want a bigger ministry so you can be popular and well-known, well, then the motive is wrong, isn't it? And that your hand would be with me, that you'd keep me from evil, that I wouldn't hurt anybody or cause pain. I mean, those are all noble things, but and God granted his request. But the point is, he was praying for himself. Now, so nothing wrong with praying for yourself. Now, I just pulled that one out of the Old Testament. Let's go and, and look at two here in the New Testament before I close. Let's go to Matthew 26 and let's, let's look at somebody that you may well have heard of. His name is Jesus. Oh, that would be our Lord and Savior. Did you know he prayed for himself? I, I'm going to pull this one example here. And in this example, we're not only going to be looking at the prayer of uh, petition or supplication where he was making a request on behalf of himself, but he also prayed here what's known as the prayer of consecrate. Uh, consecration, let me read it right here, consecration, dedication, or commitment, however you want to call it. And, and this really is where we're going to cover that, uh, that one kind of prayer. It's a prayer of commitment, dedication, or consecration. So let's talk about this. And you see how uh, these two prayers, the prayer of petition, or we could call it the prayer of supplication, interweave with the prayer of consecration, or you could call it dedication or commitment. Okay. So We'll just put it simply put, we have the prayer of petition interweaving with the prayer of, of consecration right here in these verses. And Jesus, our example, our Lord, our master, our savior is the one praying. Now watch Matthew 26, verse 36. Then Jesus came with them to the place called Gethsemane. Now this is right before he went to the cross, before he was arrested in the garden of Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter. And, and James and John, the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, now watch this. Oh, my father, if it be, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. He's making a request on behalf of himself. Jesus, our example, our Lord, he's praying to the Father on behalf of himself. And he says, he says, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. So it's totally fine to pray for yourself. And Jesus did it. And then he says, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Now, right there, that prayer, it shifted. And I don't want to be too technical, but it shifted from a prayer of petition to a prayer of consecration or dedication or commitment when he says, not as I will, but as you will. So he's committing himself to, to, to uh, the heavenly father. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, what could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit's willing, the flesh is weak. Again, a second time he went away and prayed saying, oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, uh, your will be done. You see there again, it's, it's, it's that prayer of dedication, consecration, commitment. And he came and found them asleep again for their eyes were heavy. So he left them, went away again and prayed the third time saying the same words. So here we have Jesus praying what we would call a prayer petition or supplication. He's praying on behalf of himself. 
you know, about having that cup that, see, he was going to the cross. He was going to bear the sins of all mankind. And he was saying to the Father, if there's any other way. But, of course, we know there was no other way. But he, he said, if there's another way, let this cup pass from me. That was a prayer of petition. Okay? You understand that? He was praying for himself. Okay, simply put, it's okay. If, if Jesus prayed for himself, it's okay if you and I pray for ourselves, okay? And then he switched into a prayer where he was consecrating, dedicating, committing himself to the Heavenly Father. Well, we of course know that he was always committed to the Heavenly Father. But you see him praying this prayer here of consecration, dedication, and commitment. And of course, he was headed to the cross. And what we learn here is that he was keeping his will in line with the will of the Heavenly Father. Remember, Jesus was God in the flesh, but he wasn't operating as God. He was operating as a man. And as a man, he needed to keep his will in line with the will of his Heavenly Father. And he did that by praying what is known as a prayer of dedication, or we could call it consecration or commitment. And he prayed this three times. And I've been asked over the years about praying about something more than once. And I'll probably say some more about this as we go, but I just briefly want to address it here. You know, just from my study of things over the years, so take it for whatever it's worth. But when we go before God and we pray and we believe that we receive, as we've been talking about, you know, when you pray, believe you receive the things you're asking for, you will have them. And we release our faith. We believe God right at that moment. Then people will say, well, should I pray about that thing? Should I keep praying about it? And asking God for whatever it is you're asking for again and again. And what I, what I typically tell them is, and what I do myself is, when I prayed and I believed God for something and I've released my faith at the moment I prayed, I'm just telling you what I've done. I don't pray, I don't ask God for, 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 for that, that same thing multiple times because I already asked and believed I received what I prayed. But what I do do is uh, multiple times until that thing shows up, I pray what is known as a prayer of thanksgiving. And we'll get to that in a future session, but I may pray the prayer of thanksgiving multiple times. In fact, I just keep praying that one and thanking God, worshiping Him and thanking Him that the thing I'm believing for, and I, when I prayed, I believed I received for that thing that I prayed for, I keep thanking Him for that until it shows up. So, 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 so what I pray, I believe I receive whatever it is I'm asking God for. So I, I wouldn't ask him about that a, a second time because I already believed I received it, but I will, will thank him for it continuously, you know, on a regular basis, put it that way until the thing manifests. So maybe that could have a- answered the question for, for you out there. But when it comes to, uh, 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 this prayer of consecration, dedication and commitment, You'd want to pray that one on a, on a regular basis because we always need to keep our, our wills lined up with the will of the Heavenly Father. And we see Jesus prayed as it pertains to this, this dedication and commitment. He prayed that three times. So this prayer of consecration, dedication, and commitment, we need to pray that on an ongoing basis to keep our will lined up with the will of the Heavenly Father. And I found that if I don't pray that on an ongoing regular basis, I may not do it every day, but but ongoing regular basis, 
it'd be good to do it every day, but I'm just telling you, my life, if I, if I let lots of days go by and I don't, I don't, I don't pray that prayer and keep myself lined up, I'll find myself, you know, get, get loose and lackadaisical and straying off from what God wants me to do. So, so the prayer of consecration, dedication, and commitment which we see Jesus, he said, not my will, Heavenly Father, but your will be done in my life. That's what he was saying. So we need to pray that on an ongoing, regular basis. Be good to do that every day. I'm just telling you, I don't do it every day, but be good to do it every day and keep our will lined up with the will of the Father. That prayer you could pray on an ongoing, regular basis. But again, I've had people say, well, you know, Pastor Terry, if I pray and I believe I receive, do I, do I need to keep praying about that thing I believed I received for again and again? Well, I've already answered it, but I'll answer it again, is when you believe you receive something from God in prayer, then you wouldn't need to ask him for that thing again. And in my opinion, hey, no, you, you would you would then pray the prayer of thanksgiving and you pray that, keep praying that until the thing shows up. And even after the thing shows up, I just keep, until it shows up in the natural, whatever it is you're asking for, I just keep on thanking God even after I received the thing I, I was believing him for, you know. Always have a heart of thanksgiving before the Lord. And we'll talk about the prayer of thanksgiving and worship down the road. But I thought that would help you to throw that in right there. But Jesus prayed this, this uh, prayer of commitment, dedication uh, th- three times. And, uh, uh, but, but we also see in this that he was praying for himself. Okay. That, that if it was possible that God would move that cup, uh, that cup of the suffering he was going to have to do, of course, it wasn't possible. And he went to the cross and thank God that he did. Now let's go to, uh, second uh, Corinthians 12. And I believe I'll conclude here. Second Corinthians 12 verse seven. We'll talk about the apostle Paul. He said this, he said, uh, see how he prayed for himself. Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations, because he was getting a lot of revelation from God. God used him to write, what, over half the New Testament. He was getting the revelation of, you know, of, of grace and salvation by grace through faith. And just God, God had caught him up to the third heaven and uh, right up to his throne, you know, the first the first heaven is the atmosphere around the earth. The second heaven is the stars and all that. Then the third heaven is is where the throne of God is over in the spirit realm. He got caught up there and, and saw things that wasn't lawful for him to utter. I mean, so, so God was using him very greatly. And he said, because of the abundance of these revelations, lest I should be exalted above measure, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. Now you study into it. I don't have time to get into it right now. It was not sickness and disease. I'm thoroughly convinced, thoroughly satisfied. It had to do with persecution. That thorn in the flesh had, it was a messenger of Satan. Let's read it here. It's messenger of Satan to buffet him, lest I should be exalted above measure. It wasn't sickness and disease, okay? It wasn't an eye disease. It was persecution. This man got persecuted. I mean, it was unbelievable the kind of persecution. Remember, Jesus said this, he said that he was going to show Paul the kinds of things that he must suffer for Jesus' namesake. I tell you what, Paul suffered a lot of persecution. And it was actually what I think this, this messenger of Satan was is, is he, this message, this demonic power would, would stir the, the notable people up and the religious Jews and notable people up against the apostle Paul and hindered his, tried to hinder his ministry and, and did hinder him on some occasions. And, 
Anyway, but, but he said, lest I should be exalted above measure, he said this thorn in the flesh was given to him. Concerning this thing, look at verse 8, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. So he's praying for himself. He's asking God to remove this, to get rid of this person, this thorn in the flesh. Now, whatever it was, you know, I'm not being dogmatic that it was persecution, but I'm thoroughly satisfied that it was. And I'm more than thoroughly satisfied it wasn't sickness and disease. All right. But uh, he pleaded with the Lord three times. The point I'm trying to make here is that it's all right to pray for yourself. He had this thorn in the flesh and he was praying to God about, about getting rid of it. And he asked the Lord three times. And it wasn't, it wasn't going anywhere. That's why it went the second time and went the third time. He pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from him. And he said to me, look at verse 9, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now, what I take away from this is that, again, this is just my take on it, so you do with it whatever you want. But it wasn't, I think it's clear to me, it wasn't the will of God to remove that 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 thorn in the flesh from him. But it was rather the will of God to empower him with his grace so that Paul could walk victoriously through it in the midst of it and come out victorious on the other side. So I think we're all too quick to go to God and say, oh, remove it, remove it, remove this from me, remove this, remove this persecution, remove this tough trial, remove this, remove it. Oh God, remove it, remove it, remove it. Um, I'm thoroughly convinced there's some of those things he doesn't want to remove. But what he does want to do is he wants to empower us with his grace, with his power to walk through those trials victorious and come out on the other side. You know, I, I tell you what, some of the times that I've had the most spiritual growth in my life is when I've gone through a tough time and I, and it would have been nice if God would have kept me from it. Now, there's some things he's kept me from and there's some things that he, you know, some trials and things that he's kept me from. There's some things that I've had to walk through and he didn't, you know, it's like the Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. He didn't keep them from the fiery furnace, but he kept them through the fiery furnace and they came out on the other side and not burned or, you know, not even smelling the smoke and oh, what a testimony it was. And he even, it even caused the, the king to get to, to turn his life around and, and they got promoted as a result. But see, they had to go through that fiery furnace and God didn't keep them from it. But remember that fourth man, Jesus was in the midst of that fire with them, you see. And it's like, uh, and much we could preach and say about that. It's like Daniel. God didn't keep him from the lion's den. But Daniel, person of prayer, and they passed an edict or whatever that if, I believe it was that if you prayed prayed to, to God that you'd get thrown in the lion's den. And when Daniel heard that, guess what? He went home and he prayed. He did. He opened his window. He was unashamed about it and prayed. And they threw him in the lion's den. But God sent his angel. You see, God didn't keep him from the, the lion from the lion's den, but I believe God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth, if, if I'm remembering the story right. And Daniel came through that. I mean, he came through the, through the lion's den. It, I, 
I can only conclude that it wasn't God's will to keep him from the lion's den, but it was his will to keep him through it. Just like it wasn't God's, oh, glory to God, glory to God. So let's don't be so quick to ask God to remove the trials and tribulations. But I tell you what, trust trust and believe God to keep us through through them. And here it's clear to me God didn't didn't want Paul didn't want to remove didn't want to remove that thorn in the flesh but rather empower him to walk through it. See a lot of times people will say here well uh, Paul asked the Lord three times to remove it and God told him no. Well, I don't see it that way. God didn't tell him no. God you know God didn't remove the the thorn in the flesh, but God empowered him to walk victoriously, you know, through with that thorn in the flesh, which I believe was persecution. And and Paul, you know, he came out on the other side. He lived to be an aged man and he didn't, I mean, he, he didn't go, uh, he didn't, wasn't, I mean, they eventually martyred him on down the road, but he was an aged man and they didn't do it till he was ready to go. (laughs) We could preach hours on that. But the point here is, simple point is, he asked the Lord, he made request of God concerning himself, prayer petition, and there's nothing wrong with that. And, uh, you know, he pleaded with the Lord three times. And, uh, uh, you know, so, you know, why did he pray three times? I, I, I don't know, go ask God and, and maybe he'll answer you. And, and if he does and it's from the Lord, then send me an email and you can, and I'll listen. I'll, <laughs> I don't know why he prayed three times, but he prayed three times. And, uh, and, and God answered him not in removing the, the, uh, 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 the thorn in the flesh, but rather he empowered him with his grace, his ability to stand through it. Glory to God. All I want you, I mean, we got a lot out of it, but the main thing I wanted you to get out of this, it's okay to pray for yourself. Just be sure that your motive is right. And then, and, and, and you're praying in line with the word of God. And then Paul went on. He said, therefore, most gladly, I rather boast in my infirmities. And that doesn't mean, it can mean sickness, but it, it's not talking about sickness here. It's talking about the, hey, you get beat up. I tell you, there'll be some infirmary about you. He got beat up. I mean, they left him for dead there. What in Lystra, I believe it was. My goodness. But the, the disciples gathered around him, praised God forevermore, and he was raised up from from the dead and went right back into the city and kept preaching. I like that. But uh, that the power, he said, I'll boast in my weaknesses, my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. Not talking about sickness and disease. Who's ever taken pleasure in sickness and disease? He's talking about the weaknesses that came from, I think, all this persecution. And he talks about reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Point is, it's okay to pray for yourself. Just be sure that when you do, your motives are right. And, and, and pray, believe God that you receive the things you're asking Him for when you pray. And then after that, hey... Pray the prayer of thanksgiving. We'll talk about that in a future session. Just be thankful to God and the thing you're believing God for will manifest. And then also be a person that prays a prayer of consecration, dedication, and commitment on a regular basis, just like the Lord did in the Garden of Gethsemane to keep your will lined up with the will of God. And it'll make your prayer life more effective as you flow in line with the word and the will of God. Well, anyway, I hope this helped you today. Next week, uh, I believe we're going to get into the prayer of agreement and that I tell you what that's something you really need to be aware of because there's power there's power in prayer 
But I tell you what, that power increases when you get in agreement. So, hey, hope you enjoyed this today. We'll pick up right here next week. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you need to know him. You, you do. You do. Because one day we're all going to die. And, and you know, where you go when you die depends on what you do with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, there's a heaven to gain. There's a hell to shun. And the only way to shun hell and make heaven is to repent of your sins and place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Invite him into your heart, just like you'd invite somebody into your house. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. So call on him, invite him into your heart, believe on him, trust in him, serve him. And one day you'll miss hell, you'll make heaven, and he'll make your life worth living in the meantime. And in the meantime, hey, you be a person of effective prayer. Well, God bless you. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.